This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. Hi, we're here on the grapevine with Lydia Maney. She's a, a lecturer in nursing at CQ University. How are you going today? I'm very well, Priscilla. Thanks for having me in. That's great. Can you just tell us a little bit about your background? Um, firstly, you know, where you grew up and um, your family life? Yeah, sure. So I was born in rural New South Wales in a place called Armidale and um, I grew up in a town not far from there called Uralla. When I was nine years old, mum wanted to do her um, midwifery training, so moved up to Rockhampton because they were running the training and um, the rest of the schooling was done up here. Yeah. Oh, in Rockhampton? Yeah, in Rockhampton. And um, after school, I got pretty good marks. I went off to the University of Queensland to do a Bachelor of Arts and Psychology, but we had a bit of a family drama and I ended up coming back to Rockhampton and uh, I took up nursing um, at that time. So I've been a CQ, at CQU for a very long time throughout my life. And how did you find your nursing degree here? I loved it. Um, I didn't really know if I I knew that I wanted to do right by people and I wanted to be in an industry that was um, uh, in social justice of some kind. And um, I started nursing and I thought, I don't know if this is for me. And then I met Kerry Reed Searle (laughs) and then I knew it was for me. Um, There was the lecturers have always been very dynamic in the school of nursing and really innovative and they've there's always been that real one on real connection that you get with the lecturers from a student's perspective you don't feel like you're just a number even though we're a massive and it was still quite a big cohort when I was going through as a student in 1999 um yeah I felt like it was an individual experience it was great Hmm. so how what did that degree lead you into Yeah, it's led me into a really interesting life. Um, I worked initially at the Rockhampton Hospital in emergency, which people don't understand that in rural hospitals, you see everything. So it was a great experience for me. Um, I learnt very quickly about emergency nursing. And then I moved to Brisbane to the Wesley, which was another great experience as well. And from there, I launched to the UK. I worked in and around London for a couple of months that was all a bit boring so I oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so I then went to Northern Ireland I like little country hospitals because once again you see a lot of variety you don't just see a t- certain type of emergency you see all the emergency and presentations. Was, um, was it all in emergency sec- yeah, settings? Yeah yeah still at this point in my life I was doing emergency nursing Um, And then, so I was an agency nurse and you earned a lot of money in the UK at that time as an agency nurse. So I would work for a little while and then I would go travelling and work for another stint. And after my stint in, my last stint in Ireland, I came back to Edinburgh on the promise of all this work, but the work had started drying up. And I had a friend who had just come back from Iraq and he said, you could do that. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> okay. Um, you weren't afraid? Was it? No, you know? I was more adventurous mm-hmm. at, at that age. And I really, did, I was very naive. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I just assumed that I would be looked after and they wouldn't put me in danger's way at all. 
So I remember ringing up mum when I knew she was working in special care nursery at the Mater Hospital because she couldn't yell. <laughs> and I said, mum, I'm going to Iraq. And mum said, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And then I rang up dad who had quite a lot more to say about it. <laughs> but he spoke to my grandfather who was in the Korean War and who he was a career soldier and he said, no, it, it will be good for her. She will learn a lot about life doing this. And and did you? I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. So um, they wanted me to go to Iraq straight away without any training at all because they were quite desperate for nurses over there. And I said, no, I have to go to a Robbie Williams concert in Hungary. <laughs> and if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die without seeing Robbie Williams. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So um, I still didn't get any training and off I went to Iraq. I, we landed just outside of the town of Basra and um, from there in a, in a helicopter we were shut, shuttled over to our um, particular army base and there were, I thought they were letting off fireworks to welcome us to the hospital but they were to deflect heat-seeking missiles. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like, I was very naive when I arrived. Um, but there were quite a few experiences out there. We were mortared. We had rocket-propelled grenades thrown at us. There was one very hairy situation where I was in charge overnight and they were bombing us. And when I left, I was a lot wiser <laughs> and a lot... Um, my ideas of probably planning... <laughs> had changed and not just going on a, a wing and a prayer. Yeah. And so what was the nursing actually like over there? How different was it? Um, it's a really, it's a good question. When you're working in a hospital in Australia, you, you, the majority of patients you see um, have comorbidities and they're a lot harder to nurse. When you're out in, um, in a military environment, you've got fit young people who are injured, who probably, if the injuries aren't too catastrophic, they've got a really good chance of survival. So mostly you're seeing strains and sprains, but then when there's um, so something active has happened nearby, then you see quite a lot of trauma, quite a lot of horrific trauma. Um, and I think for me, the most difficult stuff to nurse was the civilians, the Iraqis themselves, who were the translators or the cooks or um, just attached to the military, they would come in to be nursed by us, but then they had to go back to their local hospitals and you never knew, you never knew what their outcome, outcomes were. And you could presume that sometimes their outcomes weren't great. Mm. Mm. So this was an actual military hospital? It was a tent Okay. Yeah, a positive pressure tent. So they blew air into it mm -hmm. and it stayed erect that way. Yep. And it was covered um, with cement bollards all around it to um, try and deflect some of the mortars that were potentially th and were thrown at us. Yeah. And what was the temperature like over there? Well, I can imagine in now, the tent would be. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. It was an air conditioned tent, but um, I. I was attached to the British military and I'm from central Queensland. I can handle the heat, sister. I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Everybody else was falling around me and often people were drinking way too much water and were coming into hospital because they, they were sick from too much water. Um, but I was okay. 60 degrees was... was well, just 60. 
But it was it was a dry sixty. It wasn't humid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and how did you you interact with with the um, the local doctors and things like that? How did that go through? Well, it was all British. It was a British hospital run by um, the colonels who were the okay. surgeons and the emergency yep. doctors. It was, in a lot of ways, it was similar to the hierarchy of a British hospital and in some ways an Australian hospital. I was really impressed with the way that they organised themselves though and that's something I've brought into my career as well. They just had ways of doing things and people followed the processes and it was really streamlined. We could have somebody who arrived in emergency and then within 20 minutes they were in theatre and I'd never seen that before and it, it was a it was really eye-opening, one of the best parts of the job over there. Okay, so <laughs> you leave Iraq eventually and where to then? Well, I went back to the UK straight from Iraq and once again, as when you're a contractor to the military, you don't get any of the decompression um, exercises or activities that people in the military would get so they would go to Germany for a little while they would get they would slowly re-socialize they'd stay as a team together but contractors are just plonked back into their natural environment and I don't know if you know what Guy Fawkes is in the UK but that's when all the fireworks are happening so I spent a lot of my time (laughs) ducking for cover (laughs) over the next month or so um, probably had a little bit of PTSD looking back on it. Yeah. Um, and then from there I went down to Portsmouth and I worked in Portsmouth, which is on the south coast of England, and I worked there back in emergency for a, a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. So at what point did you come back to Australia? Um, I did a round-the-world holiday for 12 months after that, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> which was over a year which was brilliant. I called in to see mum and dad and I picked up a little bit of casual work at the university then. Um, And following that, I went to Canada and worked in uh, 600 kilometres from the Arctic Circle in a tiny little um, First Nations community there. And I was a public health nurse there. And I started my Masters of Public Health then as well. And that was very different from emergency. And it's where I developed a true love, a true passion for public health nursing to help people before they come become sick okay. or injured. And so what are some of the experiences that you had there? Um, oh, there's a lot there as well. And it's um, very similar to other rural and remote communities all over the world. There would be frequent births in the centre. Um, wow. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. You just have to really rely on your fundamental nursing skills and sometimes you're forced to operate outside of your natural scope of practice as well and making calls that are, um, making big calls that you have to reflect on afterwards and you learn a lot from and think, oh, I wonder if that was the right thing to do. Yeah, um, it was fun. I made a really, really good friends in the community. Lots of the community members who I keep in contact were awesome. I remember we were learning how to make moccasins and we needed a deer hide and somebody hunted and killed a deer, but it was just that critical bit too early in the year. The first snow hadn't fallen yet and we had to find somewhere to put the deer hide. So under the cover of darkness, we snuck it into the morgue at the house health facility. And then luckily the next day the snow fell and we could sneak it 
back out to one of the elders' places to look after. Wow. But really bizarre, fun, um, f- fun stuff all the time. And again, it would have been a different climate to what you yeah. experienced in Iraq. The coldest I saw was minus 53. I stupidly, when I first got there, I bought my groceries and I left them in the car thinking it's going to be cold enough, nothing's going to go off. Well, all the vegetables were frozen and I wasn't oh. going out of community for a month. So all my veggies were frozen. I had I could only live off the cheap fast food from the local supermarket. But <laughs> it's fun when you ring up mum and say, hey, guess what's just happened to me? My veggies are frozen my in veg- the boot. Yeah, the lettuce is destroyed, Mum. <laughs> yeah. I also tried to start a garden there as well, but they don't grow the same. The only thing that really grew well was the potatoes that don't grow the same things that we grow in Australia. Yeah. So how long were you there? I was in Fox Lake for two years, which is a considerable amount of time in a remote community. Um, yeah. And it was fly in, fly out. So we were on for four weeks and then out for two weeks and we would go and travel okay. through Canada on the weeks off as well. So well that would have worked well. <laughs> it was lovely. Mm. It was a great time. Yeah. And then back to Australia? And then I came back to Australia mm-hmm. and I landed back at home in Rockhampton and I went did a few shifts back in emergency. I worked out in Warabinda and then I um, got the opportunity to work back in the Centre for Professional Development within the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Social Sciences and from there I have been able to do lots of different things but my focus has been the re-entry nursing students. Okay. So there are um, really overlooked sector of the the profession we're losing nurses who are retiring at such a fast rate and we can't keep up with the graduates so there's this bunch of um, people who have who have um, not been practicing nursing mostly because they're rearing a family and we're trying to encourage they're mostly women so we're trying to encourage these women back into the workforce and the re-entry grad cert that we're running at the moment helps them get back to registration. Okay. Mm. So how, how has that program been um, created and specific to their needs? What do they? What do you have to impart into them to get them back in the job? So that's a good question. Um, our accrediting body, are ANMAC, they tell us basically like any, like the undergraduate um, Bachelor of Nursing degree, there's strict guidelines of what we can and can't put in the course. So a lot of it is following the guidelines. Then we've also, CQU's been running a re-entry course in one iteration or another for over 10 years. So we have a really good idea of who these students are. And it's very interesting. It used to be quite the older nurses who didn't want to let their registrations go. So you'd see people around 60 years old. And now you're seeing people around my age, so 35 years old. And they come with um, they come with a lot of experience and life experience. They're great at managing their time. They're great at they've got conflicting and competing interests. Rearing children, rearing one student has five children under twelve in the car class. So um, they come with these great. They come with all these skills, but then um, 
on the other side, their understanding of technology and the internet is a little bit rusty and that needs fine-tuning. So it's supporting them on one hand and but on the other hand acknowledging their experience and their um, their knowledge already so it's a um, a fine fine tune fine fine tuning that and what successes have you actually seen from the course um so it's the this is the very first term we're offering the grad cert but historically we have a really high a very, very high pass rate. Um, all this, we have very few students who drop out because they're um, intrinsically motivated to get their registered nursing back. Um, and most of them get re-employed. Um, some are working in high levels at the Wesley Hospital now. Others are involved in the nursing union. Yeah, it's... And some have just gone back to nursing and because they love the profession of nursing and they really love caring for people, which which is wonderful to see as well. Mm. What do you get out of it? Um, I love seeing women getting back into the workforce. I think that's, I'm a feminist at heart (laughs) and getting women back into the workforce and giving them the opportunity to further their careers really gets my engines going. Excellent. So, I mean, that's your, your working life. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, have you got any special interests um, we always try and dig for something quirky about something about about people that we're interviewing. So I'm doing my PhD at the moment as well. So my social life is limited. <laughs> um, my PhD is looking at um, domestic violence disclosures in the abortion context. Um, and that's a talk for another day. But when I'm not doing my PhD, I'm a mad keen bushwalker. I've done a lot of really crazy... I've done Kokoda. I've done heaps of um, seven-day walks in Canada. Um, I I went with some of the academics in the School of Nursing and we did Hinchinbrook Island, which is near Cairns, last year. Yeah, I love being out in wilderness. I love getting grubby (laughs) in the bush. Awesome. Um, And you're now based in Cairns. How are you finding that? I love Cairns. It's such a beautiful town and it's a vibrant... Um, university it's new we're really um, getting into our strides now we've got Jodie Dugnan George who is the AVC up there and she's really got her fingertips in the community she knows what's going on she she's amazing she does a lot of I don't know where she has time to sleep she's just involved in so much stuff up there yeah and then we get Peter visiting us from time to time. And it's nice to see the people from the main hub here in Rocky coming up to Cairns as well. It makes it feel like the fam- there's a real family vibe here in Rockhampton and it's good to have that up in Cairns as well. Mm-hmm.